You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, The Tortoise and the Bunny. Back before everyone had been booted out of Eden, animals could talk. The snake's ability as a talker, and especially as a trash talker, has been well publicized. But what you may not know is that the other animals could talk too. Cows sang hymns as they were milked, and flies whizzed past your ears, whispering good morning in tiny high-pitched voices. But after the whole Tree of Knowledge incident, the Disney film ended, and animals were dummied up forever. At the time of being thrown out, if they could have talked, they might have said something along the lines of, Hey God, if you're looking to lay down some blame, we're fine with you throwing out Adam, Eve, and the snake, but what the heck did we do? But aside from a moo, nay, or a bow-wow, they cannot say anything at all. And so it was that the animals of Eden lost the power of speech. That is, all except for two brothers, a pair of tortoises named Todd and Otis. Perhaps God had mistaken them for large seashells, and the curse had passed them by. Who knew? The brothers lived in peace together for many years, happily yakking away until one day, at the age of 117, Otis died. Without his brother, Todd found himself unspeakably lonely. His head became filled with words, but with no one to speak them to, they just sat there, clogging him up. On some days, the feeling was so intense that he'd go off by himself and speak to the sky. He would say, I wonder what things look like from up there, and I wish I had wings with which to visit you. Talking made you desire things, and the other animals seemed to desire nothing. This, Todd supposed, made them more at peace, but it also made them very poor company. While the other tortoises he knew had long settled down, Todd had never been able to find a companion who did not bore him to death. The silent presence of the other tortoises made Todd feel sad and lonely, sad and lonely with his desires. And of all his desires... The greatest was to have someone to talk with. And so, Todd set off to find talkers to talk with. He wanted conversation, and he resolved to very slowly scour the earth in search of some. It was after several weeks on the road that the old tortoise heard noises he was quite sure were words. At first he could not tell where they were coming from, but then he saw the talker a colorful parrot sitting in a bush. "'Where is my true love?' asked the parrot. "'Hello,' said Todd tentatively. "'Have you tried turning around and looking behind you? "'When I have lost something, more often than not, that is where I find it.' For the tortoise, turning completely around was quite a chore and could often take the better part of an hour. In response, the parrot repeated, "'Where is my true love?' Perhaps he hasn't heard me, thought the tortoise. Oh, where could she be, the parrot lamented. The tortoise again offered advice, but was again cut off. Oh, where, oh, where can she be, demanded the bird. The parrot could talk all right, Todd surmised. He just did not care to listen. Maybe he was too heartbroken, searching for his true love, to hear a word anyone else said. The tortoise felt compassion for the parrot, but could not bear to stick around. 
And so, in microscopic increments, he journeyed forth. It was after several more weeks of creeping travel that the tortoise met a little boy. He cannot have been more than five or six. He was on his way home from swimming, and in the sun was glistening like a watermelon seed. As he passed, the tortoise, in a panic to catch the boy's attention, shouted out the best he could, "What does it feel like to be a human?" The child stopped in his tracks. "I don't know," said the boy. There was silence. Then the boy asked, "What does it feel like to be a tortoise?" Todd thought for a moment. "I don't know," he said. There was another stretch of silence that ended with the little boy running off. That night, Todd thought about the question the little boy had posed to him: "What does it feel like to be a tortoise?" When he thought about what it felt like to be a tortoise, Todd was, of course, thinking about what it felt like to be a talking tortoise, which was not the same as being a regular tortoise at all. The more he thought about it, thought about what it felt like to be himself, to be forgotten by God's curse, but nonetheless forgotten, perhaps the last animal from Eden to still be alive, let alone able to talk, he came to be certain that he should have something to say for himself. He spent many contemplative nights on the road, staying up late and turning the question of who he was and what he felt like inside and out in his mind. Was his talking a mistake? Did God even see him? And so, three weeks later, when he met a man walking along in the woods, Todd's mind was filled to the brim with words and thoughts. "Hey, you!" shouted the tortoise, for although he could talk, he was rusty with small talk. I have no idea who I am," Todd said. "Plus, I'm not attracted to other tortoises. I'm just not. They're not like me at all, and it makes me feel bad. And what makes me feel doubly bad is that I have no one to talk about it with. That I have to keep it all inside is making me heartsick." The man watched the tortoise's mouth form words. He felt curious, but he also felt hungry—hungry hungry for tortoise soup. Imagining the tasty broth, the man lunged at the tortoise, and the tortoise, with surprising speed, pulled his head and feet into his shell. The man was made frustrated by this turn of events. "You've misunderstood me, friend," said the man, changing his tack. "I only wanted to hug you. I was so excited to see a talking tortoise that I lost my sense for a moment. Please, you must forgive me." In the dark of his shell. Todd's heart beat wildly, which for him was only thirty or so beats a minute. "You have a most beautiful shell," said the man, stroking the tortoise's back. "Come on, let's see that handsome mug of yours." Slowly and cautiously, Todd poked out his head, and no sooner had he done so, the man seized him by the neck. In all the happy days he had spent in Eden, in all the decades he'd spent living with his brother. This was the first time he'd ever heard words that were not true. It was at that moment, as he felt the man's fingers pressing upon his throat, that he realized how awful words could be. Finally, gaining his wits and gathering his strength, the tortoise sputtered out, "I am your dead grandfather. 
I have come back as a tortoise to test you. In fear, the man jerked away. You have failed, croaked the tortoise, trying to regain his composure. Failed miserably. Lucky for Todd, the man was superstitious and quickly became filled with anxiety. He bent towards the tortoise and tried to hug him again, this time in earnest. Get away, the tortoise shouted. You make me sick. And the man ran off into the woods, gnashing his teeth and pulling at his beard. It was in that moment that the tortoise became something new entirely. He was no longer just a tortoise, no longer even just a talking tortoise. He had become a lying tortoise. Lying was like a magical spell. It opened the world to you in new and exciting ways, but also filled you with a very particular kind of loneliness, different than any loneliness he'd ever felt before. As Todd commenced the long journey home, he resolved to try his best to enjoy the company of other tortoises, and should he meet a nice enough lady tortoise, to do his best to woo her. You look lovely in the moonlight, he will say. Your shell outshines the stars in the sky. You are so uncommonly quiet tonight, he will coo. But then, a lady always keeps her secrets. Yes, with any luck, he will find a tortoise wife, raise a tortoise family, and he will learn to love them for their silence. This is the pet therapist. Yes, it is. I, I think I spoke with your receptionist earlier in the week、uh, about my pet tortoise. Oh, is this、uh, Jonathan? Yes, I, I, you were you were recommended to me、uh, by a friend、uh, after I brought the tortoise to a veterinarian, and there seemed to be nothing wrong with him physically.、Mm. And again, I'm sorry that I can't come down there with him. It's just. He's about two hundred pounds. Yeah, it would be so much better if I could see face to face. But why don't you describe what's、uh, what you're experiencing? Well, it was my it was my aunt who who gave it to me. She's in her eighties now and was recently moved into、um, into a home, and you know, no no tortoises allowed into this home.、Mm. And so、um, so I agreed to take it.、Um, she's actually giving away everything that she owns right now. You know, and my my sister got her car, and my cousin's got her jewelry. And、um, and I got the tortoise, so.、Mm. But yeah, I have been, you know, I've been making the best of it. I mean, I, I've I've just,、um, I, I've actually, you know, he's he's sort of become somewhat of a of a muse to me. I、uh, I wrote a short story about about a tortoise for my radio show,、mm. which I I don't think I would have probably done otherwise. So, but anyway. I mean, I've, it's been living with me now for a couple of months, and pretty much I've never seen its head. And I assume it's not dead because when I go to sleep, I find it, you know, tucked into its shell at different places in my apartment. Great, that's a good sign. You know what that tells me? Yeah. That it's moving while you're sleeping. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever dealt with anything like this.、Um, Sounds like your tortoise is suffering adjustment issues.、Um, this is a question for you to consider. What ways? Can you show this animal that you're excited to have him? But what opportunity do I have? You know, it doesn't. It's just tucked into a shell all day. Well, what have you done to reach out to it? I tried throwing a blanket on top of it, thinking maybe it's cold. I tried putting food in the hole. 
Jonathan, have you ever felt like you'd like to put your head inside of a shell because of the way people have treated you? Listen, this isn't for me. This is for the tortoise, okay? But you're intertwined. You and the tortoise are in a relationship. We're not in a relationship at all. He, he just, he does not, he sits in the house, he does nothing. What is that, what is your tortoise's name, Jonathan? Uh, I, I haven't really given him a name. I just feel funny about calling like a big shell in the middle of my living room by a name. Well, maybe you wouldn't act like a big shell, Jonathan, if you would reach out and call it by a name. Okay, fine. It's Teddy. Teddy. That's a, that's yeah. a terrific name. All right. So why does it, where is Teddy now? Teddy is, is just, he's lying on the floor right beside me right now. Have you tried uh, talking to, to Teddy in a way that uh, makes him feel safe and comfortable, like, you know, in soothing soothing tones? I mean, I talk to him the way I'm talking to you right now. I don't really talk to him, frankly. Hmm. Well, that could be part of the problem. Why don't you address Teddy right now while, so I can listen to the way that you talk to him and tell him that you're fine with him staying in his shell as long as he needs to and that you will always be supportive of the choices that he makes. He can't hear me. Well, he certainly can. He, he can't. I mean, I, do, I don't even know that tortoises have ears, but his head's poked into his shell. Well, they have a sense of hearing. How, how else do you think they know how to go into their shell when danger comes? All right, fine. Um, okay, Teddy, you know, it would be great if you took your head out of your shell. Jonathan, listen to the way that you're talking. Try less of an edge to your voice. Teddy... Come out of the shell. Jonathan, you sound tired and bored. I'm doing my best. Put a smile on your face. All right, okay. Teddy. Like that? That's good. Teddy. Keep smiling. Come out of the shell. Good. Ridiculous. Why don't you put the phone down to the tortoise and I'll I'll give it a try. You're going to talk to him? Yes, because you don't seem to be willing to to give this an honest try. So you want want me to just hold the telephone to, to Teddy's... Uh, head? Yes, I would like to just have a word with with Teddy briefly. All right, here, here you go. Hello, Teddy. Jonathan really likes you, even though he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't like anything. Hello? Hello? Yes? You, you were just talking about me, were you? Jonathan, what I was talking about was between me and Teddy. My tortoise. Yes. I'd rather talk with Teddy, please. Fine, I'll put Teddy back on the telephone. Teddy? Jonathan is lonely. He's sad. And if you just make an effort to meet Jonathan halfway, then you'll be helping Jonathan more than anyone else could. Just take hey, look that at this. step. You're doing it. Hey, his head's coming out. Of course it is, Jonathan. So its legs are coming out too. It's it's starting to stand. Oh, I better get my glass of beer off its back. Jonathan, that's a that's just a beautiful sight. Isn't it lovely? He's sort of a cutie pie. Look at that. I mean, he's, you, you thought that he didn't have feelings, and now here he is expressing himself. He's got very expressive eyes. You know, he's got he's got he's got sort of sad eyes. Yeah, they're really. Oh, look at that. I just want to pinch those little cheeks and. Well, Do you, it, it, what happened? He just bit me. And now his head's going back into his shell. Yes, because he's heard your anger. Who knew that tortoises even have teeth? I did. He was trying to express his love for you. No, he popped his head out just to bite me. He was playing possum. 
he just tried to give you a kiss. No, he was laying low for three months just to lull me into a false state of security, and now he bites me on the finger, the little son. He can hear you. No, he can't hear me. He can hear you. We, we know he can hear in the show. All right, okay, good, Teddy. Smile on your face. I'm smiling, I'm smiling. I'm going to go get some gauze. Well, sir, out in the woods one day, a hare was bragging. Fastest runner in the woods I am. I dare anyone to race with me. Well, sir, up spoke an old tortoise. I'm not afraid. I'll race you, and I'll win. Why, said the hare, you awkward old box on flippers, I've a mind to snip your nose. Let me tell you, the tortoise said. Now, I'm not so fast, but I'm steady and sure. I may start slow and I may finish slow, but I'm going to beat that high-kicking hare, he thought, if it's the last thing I do. Thank you so much, John A. Thanks for making studio time for me. Well, I, I, you know, it's no problem, but why didn't you want to tell me what was going on? What, what, what's the big surprise? Basically, I'm going into the cartoon business. Uh-huh. After all these years of watching cartoons, I feel like it's time to give something back. You, you, I, you draw? It's not really about drawing, it's about ideas. And I'm an idea man. Right. I've always been an idea man. Well, I used to be an idea boy. But now, as an adult, I'm an idea man. Mm-hmm. And I have this idea of a cartoon for kids. And I thought, like, I don't know, I thought maybe you can be a character. You you want me to be a character in your cartoon? Don't get too excited because we're just in the audition process right now. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm trying out different people. And, I mean, you're, my, you're the first on my list, as always. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well... You should. And I've just basically brought along a scene right now that I wrote, and I just want to kind of see how you play the part. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some method acting, like just go really from method the Method acting? Yeah. I want you to try to really... For a cartoon? Uh, you make that sound like a dirty word. Do you feel cartoons are dirty, John? No, I, d- I don't. Is it not an art form? I, I, it certainly is, but I mean, Marlon Brando didn't do voiceover, you know, for cartoons. He did it for the Superman movie. Yeah, okay, that's true. He even did it for the last Superman movie, and he's dead. I mean, that's method. Okay, so you want me to be a character. So who who do you want me to be? Uh, I thought you could be Nibbles the Bunny. Nibbles the Bunny. This is the character you came up with for me. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean I, I, I'm flattered, Howard, but I don't, I don't think I sound much like a bunny. That's why I want, you know, you'd meet me in the studio. Because? Because remember, I was here last year, and you showed me that little knob on uh-huh. your board. That you know that that makes your voice go all high pitched. Oh, you mean the EQ knob? It it kind of pitch shifts your voice to make it sound higher. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. I just thought maybe using that technology. Oh, I see what you're you saying. That you nibbles the bunny. Yeah, Howard, I, I I don't know how comfortable I am. I think it would help that. you get in touch with your soft and gentle hopping side. You know, you're always so like you know miserable, and you know, mm-hmm. I think this would help you kind of release your own inner bunny, which could be I can't think of anything more beautiful. I had you initially written down as a flower nosed mole. Mm-hmm. But it's done too much. So I figure, you know, who does the bunny? An animated bunny. You well, know. Peter Rabbit, Bugs Bunny. Mm, Bugs Bunny. Anyway, you're going to be like this cute little cuddly pink bunny. Right. In cartoons, mm-hmm. you can make a bunny pink or blue. That's the beauty of it. You see, you know, you don't have to be this like miserable. Oh, dark. Okay, and are you going to be in this cartoon also? Are you doing a voice? Yeah, 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 I'm in it too. Oh, okay. I'm basically this nice man, Howard. Just as simple as that. You're playing a man named Howard. I'm a nice man named Howard, and and I work at a radio show. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I never have time for any of my friends. Oh, I see. You see? And I'm also, I'm, I'm a barbarian. 
you work at a radio show and you're also a barbarian. I'm, I'm Howard, the barbarian radio show host. Yeah, I'm strong, I'm handsome, I'm lethal, yet I'm tender. And, and, I'm, and I'm a bunny. My cute little bunny sidekick. I sing to you and you, you kind of like purr and make Rabbit, little... Rabbit, rabbit, purr. Nibbles purrs. Uh-huh. Here, I, pre I prepared the script for you here. You want me to read this? Well, yeah, hang on a second. Let's just set these knobs on the studio board here. Let me just... No, Howard, let me... Why are your hands so sticky? It's jam. Let me do it, okay? I'll just control the board here. You do it. Make make For now, make your voice go all high. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm Howard the Barbarian. All right. You, you know, I, I, I sound ridiculous. <laughs> you sound funny. I, I, I really feel like, as it is, you know, I have a very tenuous grasp on my own dignity, and I feel like it's just slipping away. No, you sound you sound like a cute little bunny. I don't feel like a cute little bunny. You don't look like a cute little bunny. But if I close my eyes, you say something? Hello, I'm, I'm Nibbles the bunny. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. This is for the scene where Nibbles comes to visit Howard at the radio studio. All right. Because Nibbles is starting out a new carrot cake business. Mm -hmm. He's always, you know, exploding with ideas. Yeah. Life and spirit. Right. And, and he wants Howard to try this cake. Yeah. But, you know, Howard's always putting Nibbles down and always bursting his bubble. Can we just move this along? I need to get back to work. Let's, okay. Let's try this out. All right, here we go. <clears throat> and action. Sorry to be bothering you at work, Howard, but I just wanted you to try some of this tasty carrot cake that I've prepared. Can we just do this? You know, I, I need to get back to work. Okay, H Howard, this is ridiculous. I see what you're doing. A lot of this stuff is based on my own experiences, okay? People I know. You I spent a lot of time scripting this, and all right, know, this okay, is my vision. All right, all right. Okay? Okay, fine. You work too hard, Howard, and that's what your problem is. You have to stop and smell the roses. Eat some carrot cake. Look at you all pasty in those crappy clothes you wear, those... What does it say? Those crappy corduroy pants you wear. I wear corduroy pants. That's just, that's just a funny coincidence. Howard, I'm wearing corduroy pants right now. Rabbits don't wear pants. I'm not a rabbit. You're a rabbit. You're hopping around little logs and flowers in the fields in the magical green forest. I really resent this. Just keep reading. This, this is, there's something just really disturbing and perverse about this whole thing. Take it from the top. You're a naked little bunny. Okay, Howard, you have to take a chill pill. Why don't you take a little cake break? All right. Mmm. Mmm, you're right. This is the best cake I've ever eaten. See? And you thought my business plan was a stupid idea. Isn't there something you'd like to say to me now? I'm sorry, little fella. Oh, that's okay, big guy. You big barbarian. Now go ahead and pat my fluffy little cotton tail. You know you want to. Howard, this is this is really just disgusting. Just read the lines. There. Now, doesn't that feel nice? It sure does. Don't you like it, too? Yes. I guess you've helped me to see that having fun is as important as work. Okay, I, I, I have to turn this off. Why I'm you really, turn it off? I'm at my limit. I can't do this anymore. Okay, it's just, it's, it's, it's disturbing. You can't play a rabbit. That's what your problem is, Howard. I don't want to. You do I, want I want to get back to work. Okay. No, no. Let me show you how it's done. Just turn the pitch dial up on my mic over here. Can you do that for me, please? Just put put the pitch dial up on my okay, mic. Okay, on your I'm mic. I'm going to show you how to play the rabbit. All right. Okay, hang on a second. 
Hey, I'm Nibbles the Rabbit. Hey, Mr. Bird. Hey, Mr. Bush. Hey, Mr. Tree. You see what I'm saying? This is actually really, this is really working great. I think I'm going to play uh-huh. the rabbit. Maybe you can play Howard, and I'll play the rabbit. Yeah. But if you're going to play Howard, then maybe we should just name you Jonathan. Well, it's the, it's the role I was born to play, Howard. But see, and for me, I think this is the role I was born. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm a cute little bunny rabbit. Hey, everybody, I'm Nibbles the Rabbit. I'm hopping, hopping happy. Oh, this is so trippy. My voice is so high. Howard, I'm going to get back to I'm work. The rabbit. Lock up the rabbit. when you leave, little okay? Rapping. Little rabbit rapping. J- John, give me, give me a little human beatbox there. Give me a little human beatbox. John? All right, okay, John has left the building, everybody. I nibbles the rabbit. Rap is my habit. Johnny's a crabbit. Oh, crabbity, crotchety. I'm all hoppity. Hopped upon happy. But I'm so snappy. Full of carrot cake. Johnny's a snake. Alone to the ground. Depressed and down. Not like old nibbles the bunny. Life is so sunny. Hip hop hoppity. Not all crotchety. Hop, hop, hoppity. Wiretap today. You heard Howard Chakowitz and Steve Waltine. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Mira Bertwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. Reach us to our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.